Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Why don't you take your Bible and meet me today in Psalm 20, and we're going to talk today about the importance of understanding your specialized position in the body of Christ and the specialized calling that God has for you. Now, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come today with a strong anointing to bring clarity and understanding and direction for our lives. We thank you for the illumination of your Spirit falling upon our minds, upon our understandings. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Woo, praise God. Now, here we see in Psalm 20, verse 4, May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Woo, think about that. God wants to help you to cause all of your plans to succeed. Therefore, you need what? You need plans. (laughs) And so God's going to help your plans to succeed. So I know that you are still working on plans for this year. This is going to be a mega year. And God wants you to have good plans, even detailed plans, and God wants to bring the past the desire of your heart. Praise God. So planning, my friends, is very important, and I think it's good that you sit down because we're still early in the year. If you haven't done this yet, you need to do it. You need to sit down and strategize concerning your plans and what it is that you're wanting to accomplish this year And once you've solidified that in your mind and you've talked it out, then you need to write it down on paper and keep that always nearby you, close by you. Praise the Lord. Yes, this is the step in the right direction. Okay, now let's go further. You're going to want to customize your plans according to the uniqueness of the gift and the call that God has for your life. And when I say gifting and calling, I'm not necessarily talking about what would be, uh, that's terminology used sometimes for the ministry, the fivefold ministry, whether it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. But even if it's not a calling into ministry, there is still a unique gifting and calling that God has for you according to the career path and the pre-planned structure that he has for your life. And in, and in other words, we have to understand that it's unique. It's not cookie cutter where we're all punched out of the same mold, but rather it's unique and specialized. And I want to stay on that word specialized because that's really what God has for you. So when you set your goals and plans, you can't look at others and say, well, this is what they're doing, so I'm going to emulate or copy that, because they could be heading towards a different trajectory. They could be going towards the top of the mountain, but it perhaps is a mountain that you're not supposed to ascend up. Your other mountain could be over here, and you want to go up the right one. So while you can you know, look at others for an example of hustle and for an example of, you know, diligence and, 
and even you know a well-crafted plan you don't want to copy that you don't want to make a carbon copy of that and, and just stamp it and make it yours no you want to take the time to find out not only now listen very carefully not only how to get to the top but you have to realize there are different mountain peaks and sometimes we we just generalize it like well god wants you to get to the top and there is room for you at the top absolutely but you have to think well the top of what <laughs> the top of the field that god wants you to stand in which is the trajectory that he has for your life's calling and so it's not just a general mountain it is a specialized peak that God wants you to get to the top of. So because of that, you have to customize your plans and goals to go upward in that specific direction. Praise God. Now let's look at this just for a moment in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 through 21. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased and if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Mm -mm. So you have an individual calling. You have an individual assignment, and as you do your part, you move forward, but it causes the body to move forward. In other words, we're not all an eyeball. Now, we know what the, if you are an eye, you know what you're supposed to do, or you should know that your assignment is to see, <laughs> right? Because that's what's in you, and that's what the eye does. What about the ear? Well, it's going to be the hearing, the, the listening uh, device. Yes, Absolutely. But my friends, we need to know our place in the body because we can't be everything. We can't do everything. If you try, you'll end up being a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And if you want to get to the top, you're going to have to get really good at what God has called you to do. And that's not general. That's specialized. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I... I reread the story uh, earlier today, and I, you know, I've read it before. It's a book by Dr. D.G.S. Denikaran about his heavenly visions. I believe the book is called Insight into Heaven, and he was known as the prophet of the East. And I know in America that he wasn't as well known as some of the American ministers but in India, I mean, he had a mega ministry, and that ministry still continues on today with his son, uh, Dr. Paul Denikaran, a great man of God in his own standing. Uh, but Dr. DGS, who founded Jesus Calls Ministry, he was known for 
his unique anointing, staying in his lane. And of course, he knew, you know, most of the American ministers. But, you know, it's a big planet, right? So it's not surprising that there's quite a few Americans that still wouldn't know it. Now, he's in heaven now. He lived his life out. But he knew also the importance of what we could say, staying in your lane. And Dr. D.G.S. Denikaran said that when he was younger in ministry, that he once saw a very well-known minister that was very anointed, that was winning souls like, like a fisherman catching fish. I mean, it was just phenomenal. And Dr. G.G.S. stood back and watched this man minister, and he was just in awe of the anointing that was on this man's ministry. And so he goes before the Lord in prayer and says, Lord, I must have that anointing. I want that same anointing. That is amazing what he has. And I, I want to do that. I want for that to be taking place in my life. Well, later that day, he had a, a vision and Jesus came and took his spirit to heaven. And, uh, you know, heaven is huge. It's, I would say that it's like, uh, like the size of like a continent, if that helps you to grasp the, the size, the magnitude of heaven, which is why maybe uh, you hear somebody say, well, I saw this in heaven, and I've, I've shared some of the things I've seen, but you have to understand how big it is. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's nothing that we're ever going to tap. You know, we, we can't even figure out what's all in New York City and San Diego, right? So... <laughs> Let's not try to uh, unravel mysteries that are way beyond our understanding. But Dr. DGS said that Jesus took him to a place in heaven where there were these huge tablets. He said the tablets were so big that they reached from the, gra from the ground all the way up into the sky. So these were like gigantic like structures and they were tablets and there were things written on them and you could read them and then you could walk a little bit and you'd see another gigantic tablet and you could read what was on it. And these, there were, there were a whole bunch of these tablets and G, he was looking at these giant tablets and Jesus said, now I want you to read what's on the tablets. And he looked closer at the tablets and on one of the tablets, it said uh, at the top, the, the header said salvation. And then there was another gigantic tablet close to it, and it said salvation and water baptism. And then there was another tablet. These would just go down and, you know, the row. And there was another gigantic tablet, and it said salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then there were other tablets that just continued on. And these were callings and anointings for ministers in their specialized areas. And, you know, the Lord told him to read what was on the tablets. And so he looked at the tablet very closely that said salvation. And he looked at the top. And remember, we're going back uh, several decades when he was in the prime of his ministry. And, uh, you know, so this is, this is not 2023. This was, you know, we're going back some time. But he looked at the top of where it said salvation, and there was a list of just endless names of ministers, but at the very top, it said Dr. Billy Graham. And he was, at that time, the number one minister in the earth. And so he, he saw that. But 
on the different tablets, when you went to the different tablets and you looked, there'd be a different name on a different type of tablet, like baptism, uh, salvation, and baptism in the Holy Spirit. It had, a, it had a totally different listing of names. And then he got to a tablet, and the Lord wanted him to look carefully at this tablet. And at the top on the header, it said, love and compassion. Now, you have to understand, he was actually called the apostle of love. Even if you see his pictures, <laughs> you think, that guy must have been a really nice man. <laughs> he looks like the prototypical loving father figure that would be very compassionate and loving. Well, that's what he was known for. And so he looks at this tablet in heaven and it says love and compassion. And to his shock and amazement, his name was at the top. He was the top minister on the earth. And the Lord actually told him, this is what the Lord told him. I have given you a unique ministry and calling. And that, that, that's true. You don't see a lot of ministers that have that niche field where that's a specialty of compassion and love. Some ministers can be actually almost like opposite of that. They can be full of the power and almost like you would think maybe rough around the edges. <laughs> well, maybe they need to be if their ministry is to street thugs or, you know, people that are maybe in really rough conditions, you know, death row or whatever it might be. Who, you know, who knows? But this was a ministry that, that Jesus told him, uh, Dr. Dennis Karen said that Jesus told him that I have given you a unique ministry and there's not many like it. <clears throat> and as a matter of fact, on the list of names of ministers that were called into that category with that anointing to stand in that type of a function, he said the list wasn't, wasn't that long. I mean, the list on salvations was just a huge list of ministers, but at his, it was more of a, you would call it a niche field. But he said, Jesus told him, if you'll be faithful in this field, then I'll also uh, cause your ministry to be very effective and you will also win souls. And of course he, he won many souls to the Lord, but he stayed in his niche which was what? Primarily as operating as an apostle of love and compassion. Praise God. So my friends, you have to understand that God can take you to the top. And Jesus is not a mediocre God. So because we are in Christ, our lives should not be mediocre. There's a lifting element. There's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, this is what you need to understand. While the Lord wants to take you to the top, you have to realize that's not a general mountain peak. That, that is a specialized mountain top that God wants to take you up. And you could, you could also have a calling where even that peak that you're going up is, is um, a narrow peak in the sense that there's not too many people in that field. Mm. I, I think by God's grace that I've somehow landed in that as well. While we are on uh, you know, television and things like that, where we are ministering around the world, I would have to say my calling is a little bit different. And um, sometimes I sit down there. There's not too many, many, there's not too many ministers. I can sit down and just start talking with and say, let's, let's talk about some of the deeper things because you talk out of experience. Now there are some that we sit down and talk. And if you, you want to talk spiritual talk, 
uh, we can go off the, into the deep end of the pool real quick. One time I was with um, uh, Sid Roth, and you know, we're off camera, we're just talking. And Sid said, Stephen, tell me one of the wildest experiences you've ever had with God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excuse me while I drink a little hot tea. Amen. We're on a fast right now. By the way, you're welcome to jump in on this fast. For me, this is day 12. And uh, I'm going 21 days. And, uh, you know, maybe you want to jump in and do three days with me, okay? Maybe you, maybe you, you feel a little more strength. Maybe you want to do 10 days. But jump in and do something. Set up your year. Prepare your year to be blessed by the Lord. Let me get another drink of this tea. Praise God. Amen. Now, Sid said, uh, Stephen, tell me one of your wildest experiences you've had with the Lord. And I thought, and a few kind of went through my mind, and I thought, well, I'll tell him this one. I've never told this one on TV. So I told him, I told him one of my stories, and he sat there, and he kind of, he got kind of a quiet for a moment. And he said, Stephen, um, that one we probably shouldn't tell on TV. And I was like, yeah, we probably shouldn't. Because even Paul, when he was taken to the third heaven, said that he saw things that were unlawful for him to utter. Now, there's some people that when it comes to sacred things, they, they throw them around like they're like Easter eggs or something. And uh, so a lot of people are telling about certain things that I think are, are experiences that are in their soul, that they're not valid real experiences because real experiences are very weighty. They're very, um, you're very careful even where you say them at. And um, so, uh, but Yes, so that's part of my calling. And, um, you know, I have a, a friend. He's a Catholic priest. Well, he used to be a priest. He's retired. Now he's a hermit. He's a hermit monk. <laughs> he doesn't live in a cave, at least not yet. Um, but uh, I can talk with him. There's, there's some people in the world that I can talk about the visionary realm, the vision world, the, uh, the heavenly experiences. Um, I was talking with this uh, a Catholic friend of mine that lives in Europe, and he said, um, he said, Stephen, he said, I went one day to, uh, to speak with a prophet who is, who's like a mentor to me. And uh, I went over to his apartment, and he was in prayer. And when he got up from praying, and he completed his prayer time, and when he looked up at me, he had the stigmata, uh, the crown of thorns on his head, and blood was coming down his face because he had been in such intercession uh, for those that he was assigned to pray for. That's his main calling, is to pray for certain leaders within the body of Christ. And he was praying in such intercession and agony. And that, that's, that's a manifestation that takes place with him sometimes. Pastor Stephen, who is he? I want to rush over and see him. You'll never get his name. Amen. He's hidden, and he's supposed to be hidden by the Lord. <laughs> And those who know secrets don't tell certain secrets. By the way, that's sometimes why God will give them to you because it's not meant for public consumption. And while I'm on YouTube, and like I said, while I'm on you know television and over 200 nations of the world, thanks to your support and help, I'm going to present rock-solid truths. I'm going to present food that the people can consume. But that doesn't mean that I can't uh, have a little fun on the side and, and push to the deeper things 
and with those who have experience in that area, or maybe those that want to, and so they're looking for inspiration. Yeah, we can we can talk on the side. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. But you know, you have to you have to weigh that by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But my friends, we all have our our um our lane that we're called to run in, and you'll realize that whether it's ministry or whether it's music or whether it's uh, the realm of education, everything is specialized. Amen. And so that means it's going to be the case for you too. So all of your planning and preparing goal setting needs to be tweaked and modified to line up to your unique call, which is different from everybody else's. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Speaking of Billy Graham, you know, uh, sometimes people say, well, he was the evangelist of the world. And in many ways he was. He ministered in packed out stadiums and crusades all over the world. But even with that, um, it's still a specialized thing. I mean, Dr. Graham went to, he went to Japan and preached his heart out. Um, and there were responses. But, you know, you look at Japan today, it's less than 1% of the population is Christian. So while a renowned minister can go and minister there and, you know, some hearts can be touched, uh, it'll take somebody called by God and sent as an apostle of God to that nation to move the dial. And it'll probably have to be somebody that has a breakthrough miracle type ministry because when you go up against like real hard Buddhism, um, uh, Taoism, and these uh, Shinto religions, I mean, you're talking like a brick wall. The, the veil of deception is so thick on the people. There in Japan, there's not even really what we would call a, a mentality of a sin consciousness. So it, it would take a blast of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and to touch the people in such a way where the veil is pierced. And so, yeah, those are specialty callings. And I do believe in the end times, we are going to see nations shaken and many souls come to the Lord. You think also about certain nations in the Middle East, you would have to almost be uh, raised up within that country to minister there because as an outsider, you can't come in. You're not allowed to come in. And if you did uh, openly preach, your head is off that day. You're, you're, you're done for. So, you know, places like North Korea, uh, places like Iran, where there is a fun, pro- probably the hottest revival in the world right now is going on in Iran. But uh, God wants us to be specialized and to be in the areas that he wants us to be. You know, you think about Africa, and you think about the great harvest that has come out of Africa, and the, the revival is still ongoing. But, you know, the Lord really worked through Reinhard Bonnke, and he would go over there and hold these massive meetings. And yes, there was, there's been, there were many meetings that he conducted. There was one meeting in which over one million people at once in one meeting got saved. There was another meeting uh, where over one million people got baptized in the Holy Spirit in one meeting. You know, all you see is like with the cameras pull back and give you the wide angle. It's just nothing but a sea of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. But you could bring right hard, you know, right hard monkeys in heaven now. You could, but you could have brought him to America 
and maybe 200 people show up, right? Or if there was a big convention, say like full gospel businessmen, because he prayed over me one time at a full gospel businessmen's meeting about, about like 25 years ago. Um, you, you know, you, you maybe have a couple thousand people, but you go to Africa, you know, you talk like a million people. So even for him, even for him, the, the calling, the, uh, the assignment, primarily Africa. Wow. Very interesting. What does that mean? Specialized. Even with a phenomenal anointing, it's still, still specialized. Praise God. Now, am I, am I an evangelist? Well, I'm, a, I'm evangelistic. You know, I, I'm going to give an altar call. I'm going to give an invitation for somebody to get their life right with Christ anytime that I minister. But if, if you were to see the emails that come in to the ministry and the phone calls that come into the ministry and the comments that are sent to the ministry, 98 of them, 98% out of 100 of them are always like this. Pastor Stephen, your teaching is changing my life. <laughs> now, I'll get some every now and then. Pastor Stephen, I was listening to you teach, and I gave my heart to Jesus. I've gotten saved. Praise God. Amen. Amen. But 98%, it's Pastor Stephen, your teaching is changing my life. Pastor Stephen, I love your teaching. It's, help, it's helping me to live because, see, what happens when a fisherman catches the fish? Well, you've you got to clean the fish. You've got you to go to work on the fish. What happens when somebody becomes a Christian? See, you can put all of this effort into evangelism, pull the nets, but what happens when you actually pull all the nets in and, you know, you sink the boats and you've got all the fish? What do you do now? What do you do with all of these uh, new believers? You've got to start putting the word into them. So I know my niche. I know my, my area. It's, it's, it's teaching, preaching. Get faith into the people that are, that are God's people, build them up so they can do what God has called them to do and instruct them and teach them how to have a close walk with God like Enoch did when he walked with the Lord. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Now, I, I can sit down and talk with you about the book of Revelation and chapter 13 and the two witnesses, and we can have a lot of fun talking about that. That's not really, though, my niche field. You probably have uh, understood that if you followed my ministry for a while, praise God. But we all have to get into the lane that God has called us to and run in that. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm -mm. By the way, what will happen is that if you don't understand this and you just, you generalize everything, and then you look around and you see some doing well, you see some succeeding, some doing really, really well. What will happen is that if you don't understand the area of specialty, then the enemy is going to, he's going to tempt you with jealousy. And then you're going to be jealous because of their success. And then you're going to think, well, it's not happening for me. And at the same time, that might not be what God wants you to do. And even if it were, he may want you to do it a totally different way. Mm -mm. You see where we're going with this? Praise God. You have to watch these things. Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 20. We see here the works of the flesh. And in verse 20, we see that jealousies are listed. So that's a work of the flesh. And so you don't need to be jealous about anybody. You've got your own call from the Lord. You've got your own specialty area. And what you need to do is you need to plan, strategize. How can you get to the top of that area? How much progress can you make this year? And just go for it. Get busy. Get busy doing what God has called you to do. Amen.
I think it's funny sometimes if you um, maybe look at different sporting events. I was flipping through the TV like a couple of years ago. This was when I guess like all of these ninja courses were real popular. Remember that? I guess maybe they still do that today. <laughs> Where you have these, you have these guys and gals that they want to be the uh, the ninja warrior. So they have a course, and if you are, if you understand what I'm trying to tell you right now, you can tell who's going to win even before the events ever start. You can line all the athletes up, and you can tell who's going to win the whole thing. So what? So what happens in these? Let's, for example, talk about the ninja course. If you stop and look at the ninja course, what is 90% of it? It's all climbing. It's hanging on stuff and climbing. And so what happens is before it starts, you have all the competitors. And they're, all, they're all warming up. You see like a guy. He's got big, big arms. And you think, oh, he'll do good. He's, he looks very athletic. You see another guy. He's got really uh, you know, muscular, sculpted legs. And maybe somebody thinks, yeah, he'll, he'll do real good. No, they're going to be the first ones to go. Why? Because if you, if you stop and think about it, this is a specialized course. They all are. It comes down to one thing. Can you climb? And so that has nothing to do with leg muscles. Matter of fact, the bigger your legs are, the more that's going to weigh you down and make it harder to climb. Uh, you may have big arms, but that's not going to help you at all because it doesn't work like that. It all works on grip strength, ligaments and tendons in your fingers and your hand and, and these uh, forearm muscles right here. That's all you need. And usually some skinny dude at the end ends up winning the whole thing. Who's either like on the side, an amateur rock climber or some dude that just climbs on stuff all day long. He's going to be the person that ends up winning the whole thing. And he does, or she does every single time. <laughs> it's not, it's not luck or chance. It's not muscle or whatever the bulk or it's specialized, unique fields. Amen. You could say, you could say somebody, this person is the greatest runner in the world. Well, maybe in the hundred meter dash. Yeah. But put him in the marathon. Let's put him in the marathon and watch what happens. <laughs> he, he can't even finish the marathon. <laughs> what does that mean? That in every field, even if it's running, it's, it, everybody has to be specialized. It's kind of funny. I look back, I think, you know, I was a, I was a senior in high school and I'd gotten pretty good at running at, at distance running. I, I didn't have what you'd call sprinter speed. Not, not at all, but I had developed my endurance by just running and running and running. I got under the wing of a, uh, a very good runner. He ran a 421 mile in high school and he said, Hey, Steven, why don't you come run with me? I thought, well, why not? I don't have anything else to do. And he kind of pulled me in. And before I knew it, I got bit by the running bug. And over, over the years, I started getting kind of good. And so I remember when I was uh, a senior in high school, I was in PE class one day. And so we, we change into our gym clothes and we go outside. In South Texas, is hot and humid. And the coach says, uh, or the PE instructor says, um, he said, you boys run to the, um, all the way down there to the baseball field and back to warm up. And uh, so that's like, oh, a little over a quarter mile down there. And so the whole thing is like a half mile, you know, out and back. And so this was like a really big PE class, a whole bunch of us guys in there. Well, there's this one guy, um, real athletic, and uh, looked like a phenomenal athlete. 
And uh, he, he just like, he's, he just thought, I'm going to beat Stephen because look at Stephen. He's just skinny, this skinny dude that weighs 130 pounds. I'm just going to beat him. There's no way he can beat me. So he takes off real fast. And uh, we take off and he's doing really good, like the first hundred yards. And then he starts slowing. He's just done. He got toast, you know. And uh, so by the time we get back, you know, by the time I get back, I got back first. He's way, way back there. See, it's all in here for, for running. Uh, sprinters, you don't need that much. But for distance runners, it's all about aerobic capacity. And there's only one way you can build that up. And that's just run all the time. And so, you know, he didn't have that. So you could look like a normal guy, but it doesn't matter in that realm. It's just what's in here. But my friends, what is that? It's specialized, it's specialized training so that you can begin to go up in that area. Now, if you put me in the 100-meter 100, 100 dash, um, no, I can't. I, I, don't have, I don't have that kind of speed or anything like that. No. But I could, I could hold my own in that and did well and enjoyed that, ran all through college and stuff like that. A lot of fun. But, my friends, you've got to get in your lane. Look, you need to know what your gifting is, and you need to know what your weaknesses are and what you can't do. Do you remember when McDonald's used to carry pizza? <laughs> How did that go over? Not, not too good. And I tried it. I tried the uh, pizza at McDonald's when they had it. It was okay, but hey, you know, you're not going to beat Domino's. I know Domino's can really mess up sometimes. It's greasy. But yeah, people like that greasy flavor. They like all of that artificial stuff, I guess. So um, you know what? Uh, McDonald's shut it down with the pizza. So you have to you have to excel in your area. For them, it's hamburgers. So they've sold billions and billions of burgers they probably should let the pizza guys stick stick with the pizza, and that's what they did. But it doesn't matter what it is, restaurant, food, or music. Somebody could say, well, well, this person is at the top of this. Well, that's just one genre. You have all these others. You have, you have classical. You have country. You have uh, southern gospel, and on and on it goes. But you want to go to the top, not to the general top. You want to go to the top in your specific area, and you can really do something special, but it's going to depend on the depth of your knowledge of your specialized area and that you begin to really beautify, develop that and build that out. Wow. And that's how you get to the top of your field. Mm -mm. Glory, glory to God. Well, let's take a look at this. This is very interesting. Second Samuel chapter 11. Let's drop down to verse one. Praise the Lord. Verse 1. Now what happened in the spring of the year? Well, many of you are familiar with this, with this story, of, uh, and I'm glad it's in the Bible, about the life of David. His, you know, his blunders are in there, his mistakes. We need those things so that we can see his humanity and also know how to keep from having the same disasters or slip-ups that he had. But this happened that we're about to read about. It happened in the spring of the year. Now, this is what you need to do. Right now is planning and preparation phase. Why? Because in the spring of the year, you're supposed to go off to war. Okay? Now, we know that David's not going to go off to war. He's going to stay at home. He's going to work from home. I wish he would have talked to Elon Musk because Elon Musk sent a, uh, uh, sent a tweet out to everybody and said, if you don't come into work, you're going to get fired. No more working from home. Uh, David, 
uh, King David didn't get the tweet. He decided to stay at home and work from home and um, made history by working from home, and it wasn't good history. But nevertheless, right now, you're in a place, you need to really get your plan designed for your uniqueness, not a general plan. It's got to be crafted and customized for your specific trajectory. Why do you need to do it, do it now and get it solidified, all shaken out, get it solidified now? Why now? Because you're, you're about to go to war. You go, kings go off to war in the spring. By the way, spring, first day of spring, March 20th. Mm -mm. Glory to God. Amen. You don't have time to waste. Got to get busy. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. And you know the rest of the story. Very, very interesting insights that we have here concerning the life of David. Now, I was actually meditating on this scripture one time. This was some years back. And it was actually in the same building. I was sitting at the other end of the building at a coffee table. I was in, I was in uh, the building by myself, and I was on a fast. It was day eight of a fast. And I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. I'm just sitting there at a coffee table reading my Bible. And that day, I happened to be at this portion of Scripture, and I was meditating on it. And I looked up. And when I looked up from this, uh, from the page, when I looked up, I suddenly could see in the spirit realm and I could see off in the distance. I could actually see so far in the distance. I could see the curvature of the earth and the other side of the earth beyond the curve. Woo. Amen. Uh, don't ask me to explain that. I've also, there's been times I've been the spirit. I'm looking this way and I can see this way and that way also at the same time. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Very, very interesting. Must be like a, maybe that's how an octopus or a spider feels. I don't know. Spiders, what, they have like eight eyes or something like that? And of course, they're using all eight at the same time. But spirit realm, you, you, have, you have much more potentials. Anyhow, I could see so far I saw an angel over the curvature of the earth coming towards me. And he was flying really, really fast, faster than a jet, um, probably as about as fast as the space shuttle would fly, like, what, 25,000 miles an hour? I mean, he was moving, and he had wings, but it's not like the wings have to flat real fast for him to move. He's, he's moving by a, some type of other power. Anyhow, he had big wings, and he came all the way here, and he landed right over here in this room and walked up to me. <laughs> and he looked down at what I was reading. He already knew what I was reading because he came to bring me a message concerning that. But he looked down at that, and then he looked at me. And he, the first thing he said to me, he said, David did not have a lust problem. And I, I thought, well, that's news to me. It sure seems like to me he does. I mean, here he is getting all involved with Bathsheba, and, he, you know, he's married, and uh, but he's not married to her. And, 
you know, this is going to be a big mess. I actually thought, you know, he had, must have had a lust problem or something like that. And this angel said he did not have a lust problem. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, well, let, let me just say it like this. Solomon did. Okay. Solomon was out of control, but David didn't. And well, I, and also while you're, when you think things like that in the spirit realm, uh, that thought goes out. So the angel knows what I'm thinking. And I'm, I also know that he knows what I'm thinking because I, my thought was, well, uh, that's news to me. Cause I thought that David obviously had a problem and, they, and the angel said, no, he said his problem was that he lost his focus and he lost his passion. Mm -mm. Now, now here's the thing. David was never supposed to have been there in Jerusalem. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And may it never happen to you. And I speak over your life and I say that it won't. He was supposed to be where in his assignment, in his calling. Now let's give it to David. He is getting older. He doesn't need to be swinging the sword anymore. Let the young guys do that. Did you ever notice that David raised up warriors? Um, yeah, he had an influence on music. He's putting musicians in their place, but his legacy was not musicians that he raised up. His legacy is that he's raising up warriors that are going out and doing impossible things in battle, just like he did. So that tells you that his assignment as a king was to be a warrior king. Now think about this. Let this go into your spirit. Did you know that even kings have specialized callings? And it's not generalized. It's not all the same. Solomon, King Solomon, even his name denoting peace was a king over a very peaceful kingdom. Why was it so peaceful? Because David killed all of the enemies of the Lord. <laughs> he was what? A warrior king. So what he's supposed to be doing is not so much swinging the sword, but he needs to be there. He needs to be there at Rabbah. He needs to be there in the encampment of the people of the Lord. He needs to have his royal tent set up and he needs to have his wife there and he needs to have his lawn chair there and he needs to sit out and watch the battle. Yeah. Give him a sword. David strap a sword on just in case, just in case, you know, you need to swing it around a little bit, but you need to be there. Number one, as, a, as an inspiration for your men, number, number two, because this is what you're supposed to do. This is your assignment. And number three is because you're not going to build the temple. Your son is going to build the temple one day, but you're going to have to pull together all of the spoils of war, and you're going to have to get everything in order so that all of the wealth and the provision is ready. So that means you're going to have to just win battle after battle after battle. And so that you plunder and you continue to build a spoil up so that this phenomenal, this phenomenal building that is going to be built, this structure can be built debt-free to the glory of God. Mm, 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 mm. I had the numbers on that just a few days ago, um, and I, they, they're not close by me, or I would read to you exactly how much in today's money it took to build the temple. It was phenomenal. There is no structure that could ever be built like that um, until Jesus comes back. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But even still, my friends, David, he got out of his lane. Maybe he wanted to be an artist. Maybe he thought, you know what? 
I, I, I do have the, the gift of music, and I have this artistic gifting. I think I'm going to maybe become the next Picasso. Or I'm going to stay home. I'm going to work from home. That's become real popular, and I'm sure Joab will understand. And I'm going to work for, from home, and I'm going to write some new music. But those are side things for David. Was he a prophet? Yes. Is he a king? Yes. But what type of king? A warrior king. And he needs to be out there on the battlefield. Praise God. My friends, right now is a time you need to solidify your plans and goals for the year. Don't exit this month without having that completed. Because in the spring, you go off to war. You, you will see that God will begin to anoint those plans, bless those plans, and what you put your hand to will prosper. But what you put your hand to is the specialized plans, not general plans, specialized plans to take you to the top, not of a general mountain, but of your specific field. Glory, glory, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is flowing on your mind right now. Please lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching. Their hearts are stirring. Their hearts are burning. And Lord, you're going to take them to the top in that area that they are involved in. And you're going to lift them high. So Father, help them to get it just right. Help the plans to be uh, the really fit with the, the vision and the, the trajectory of where you're wanting to take them to. Thank you, Father. Let it be like a catapult where they're just slung towards it this year with great momentum. And we thank you for this, Father God. Help them to know what they're supposed to do and help them to not to get sidetracked. Thank you, Father God. I pray for your people. Move them forward in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. What's the number one reason men and women fail? Broken focus. Broken focus. You must not only have focus, but you must focus on the specialty, the uniqueness that God has given to you. Amen. And do what? Develop it. Build it. Develop it. Build it. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> That's how you get to the top. Glory, glory, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see you being very confident in who you are in the Lord and your assignment. And that allows you to, with a good heart, encourage others who have God moving in their lives. And you say, go, go for it, brother. Go for it. Do all that God has called you to do. May the Lord bless you. I'm with you. Amen. We're all for you. Go and do what God has called you to do. And you can do it with no jealousy or envy. Why? You have your own thing. You have your own thing. Amen. And your own thing. You can um, go forward. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, everything begins with knowing Christ. Destiny, the true plan that God has for you is wrapped up in Him. And while you may have success in the world, or while you may think this is what I was born to do, you'll never really know until you know your Creator, your Maker, your Master, because He's the one that plugged into you 
the, D, the spiritual DNA code, but it's only activated at the new birth experience. Okay? Are you ready to be born again? I want you to pray this prayer. Also, if you are a backslidden Christian, you've fallen away from God, and you're sitting in the pig pen like the prodigal son with mud and slop all over your face, it's time to get up, get sanctified, get cleaned up, and rededicate your life to Jesus. I want you also to pray this prayer. Okay? Are you ready? Let us pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Save me now. Wash me from all sin with your, pre with, with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward and help me to get into my specialized calling that you have planned and designed just for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Now lift your hands and give God praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving. It's time to be excited. It's time to be excited. Why do people get tangled up in a mess sometimes? I know there's pleasure in certain sins. You could say that within maybe sexual immorality or pornography or certain drugs that release, uh, you know, ecstatic type pleasures, but destroy your brain and destroy your body. And all of these other things also produce um, all kinds of crazy, terrible problems in your life. Why do, why do people get into these things? Well, yes, there can be an element of pleasure. We don't deny that. Of course, while they are seeking out these sinful pleasures, they're multiplying um, tremendous pressures in their life. But you know what? Sometimes people get into those messes, not so much because of maybe seeking pleasure, but also because they just don't know what they're supposed to do in life. And they, they meander and ramble around and roam around and they, they have no purpose. So they drift like David did sitting around at home and you're just not, you're not in your assignment. And what happens? You get in the trouble. You get in the trouble. Why are a lot of men and women in prison right now? Because they did not know their assignment. And because of that, they just goofed around. And guess what? They got in trouble. They got in trouble. So when you are dialed in on your specific assignment, by the way, David got back on track real quick. <laughs> Later, he was like, whoa, after he got, went through the uh the, the horrendous ordeal of that situation. He got back on track and the moment he got back on track, the next thing you know, they're putting a crown on his head. He's done gone and conquered another city. Praise the Lord for the Lord. Amen. So stay, stay in your lane, stay on assignment, stay passionate about what God has called you to do. And you're not only uh, make it to the top. You'll also stay out of trouble. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is moving. God is moving. Some of you have been a little lethargic. Uh, get back into your niche field. Amen. And get passionate about what God has called you to do. And that fire, that fire, that passion will start to come alive in you. Amen. And it will occupy you and uh, keep you um, 
active in God's kingdom, furthering his kingdom. And look, you'll be happy, happy, happy all the days of your life. Praise God. Now, let's take Holy Communion. If you are a Christian, you can take communion. And I want to ask you to grab a little piece of bread, a little wafer, okay, and grab some grape juice. If Jesus is your Savior, you can take communion together with us. All right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it, and we now set it apart as holy. We thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we receive energy and quickening to do what you have called us to do. Father, we thank you that even Paul the Apostle said that he was energized to do the work that you'd called him to do. But Father, we thank you that that was a specialty work, an apostleship to the Gentiles. And Father, Peter had an apostleship going the other direction to the Jews. So Father, help us as we receive the body to stay in our lane so we can maximize what you have called us to do and reach the top. Now we give you praise. Thank you, Father, for the Lord's body. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. My wife and I had lunch with a neighbor one time. It was a very strange lunch. I don't, uh, she never invited us back for lunch. We, she invited us to her house. She's a Christian woman, you know, so-called spirit-filled Christian woman. And so she invited me and my dear wife over to her home. You know, she was a neighbor. This is when we lived at a, a different location some years back. She's since moved out of the neighborhood, out of the area. And so we go over to her house for lunch and we have a nice lunch and we talk about, you know, the things of God and stuff like that. And, um, you know, she asked, asked me and my wife what we do. We said, well, we're ministers, you know, we pastor and we travel around the world and preach the gospel. And she said, that's nice. And we said, well, what do you do? Cause I knew that she worked a full-time job, um, in a certain area that would, you know, was a nice career field, but it wasn't within what you would call a full-time five-fold ministry office calling. So I said, well, what do you do? She said, well, I'm a minister too. I said, you are? She said, yes, I'm a minister also. And I said, well, I thought you worked at um, a certain job. She said, well, I do, but I'm a minister just like you too, just like you are. I said, oh, okay. So um, do you see any difference in those that do it full-time uh, as compared to yourself or maybe somebody that's called to be a doctor or maybe, you know, like an electrician or something like that. She says, Oh no, no, we're all the same. I said, so you're telling me that if we get a crusade together and we announce that Billy Graham is going to speak and a hundred thousand people show up and we ask Billy Graham, we ask Dr. Graham to sit down and I let you take the pulpit you're telling me that you can get the same results he can, and he can do just what he can do? Oh, yeah, we're all the same. Well, the Bible says that when you're in the presence of a fool, to hold your tongue. 
So that's pretty much what I did. She didn't invite me back for lunch. I don't think I would have gone back for another meal anyhow because I can't, I can't waste my time talking to people where the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. If I'm talking to a brain surgeon, I have enough sense to realize I can't do what he does, nor would I want to attempt because I'm probably going to kill somebody even if they let me try. Okay, because why? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but when somebody says, oh, yeah, I, I can do that too. Uh, no, no. The, everything in life is specialized. Even if you think you know about it, if you don't do it full time, you don't know about it. And it's like that in every area. And the, the older you get, the more you realize every field, if you want to get to the top, no matter what it is, whether it's growing tomatoes or preaching the gospel, the, you, it's, there is knowledge, there is specialized knowledge in that area, and you don't know it if you haven't ta been taught it or learned it. It's not like you can just walk in there and, uh, and make it work. It doesn't work like that. Not only that, the ministry office is a sacred office. And if you, let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, you had the prophet and you had, you had the priest. And if you tried to intrude into the priestly office, and there were some at times who did that, who tried to do that, such as one king, uh, King Uzzah, others, for example. If you tried to step into a, uh, a kingly or priestly office or prophetic office and you weren't called, you would die. You would get struck with leprosy, or God would just kill you real quick, and uh, it'd be over with. But it's the same thing. If you're not called, and you intrude and tried to get into something that you're not called to do, you're probably going to be dead within about two years. I've never seen anybody do it who ever lived beyond two years, and I have seen people do it. I, I've known men and women who thought they, they, they were ministers, and they had no anointing, no calling, but they could talk, and they could blah, 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 do this or that, or try to pull together meetings. All of them never met one that lived longer than two years without being dead. <laughs> at, a, at a young age. <laughs> so it's dangerous to intrude into a ministry office when you're not called into it because um, there is very short life expectancy if you're not called into it. Glory, glory to God. Um, but anyhow, beyond that, you would never want to do so. You should never want to do something that you're not called to do anyhow. Why would you even do that? Let me, let me even go further. In the ministry, even if you're called to do this and you want to move over here and do that in ministry, but you're not called to do that, that can bite you real bad also. Remember Prophet William Branham? You remember he stood at the head, probably not only of the prophet's office in the earth at that time, but probably was the most anointed minister on the earth at that time. Um, I mean, he was at the forefront of ministry. But what did he want to do? Well, when the healing revival began to taper off and people knew it was coming to an end, you could already sense that a new move of the Spirit was coming on the scene. What was it? It was the teaching movement. And it eventually blossomed very, very strongly in the late 70s and then in the 80s with what we now know as Word of Faith and Kenneth Hagin and Charles Capps and Norval Hayes and all of these other great ministers. And it became the teaching movement. Well, William Branham although he was a phenomenal prophet, he wanted to teach, but he couldn't teach. He couldn't grasp 
many doctrinal truths. He, he was not a theologian, but he wanted to teach. And But anytime he taught, it was just like, whoo, it's weird stuff. It didn't make any sense. It didn't have, it, it wasn't, it just was not good teaching. Why? He was not called to be a teacher. He was a phenomenal prophet. So when he operated in the sign gift that God gave to him with the phenomenal gift of word of knowledge and healings and just good, real simple preaching, he, he was, nobody could touch him, but he wanted to teach. And uh, one time Gordon Lindsay um, went and talked to him and said, look, look, you can't, you can't teach. Look, I, I'm a great teacher. There's many other teachers that we have that can do the teaching. Why don't you just operate in the prophetic office and this incredible gift of word of knowledge. And why don't you just be happy with that? You know what he said? He said, Branham just blew him off and said, Nope, I'm going to teach. And he tried to teach and wasn't much longer after that. Uh, his life was completed. So my friends, you, you have to stay in your assignment and we, we should want to stay in our assignment. We shouldn't look at others and think, well, that's what's going on over there. I've got to do that now. No, stay where you're at because that's how you get to the top. And if you also stay where you're at, you realize there's always new areas that you can push into, new areas that you can grow, and you'll never tap that out. You'll be developing that for the remainder of your days. We all have plenty of things to work on 24-7. Praise God. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins and a clean conscience before you. And oh God, we just thank you that you're working mightily. We give you all of the praise, Father God, that you're working with our plans. You're bringing the desires of our heart to pass, and you're helping us to get to the top. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus together. Heavenly Father, bless your people in their specialized area. Take them to the top. Show them how to get there. Show them the route. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friends, thank you for joining me today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you back next time. Get your plans wrapped up this month. Remember, King's go off to war when in the spring that's really close by God's moving already I believe by the time you hit halfway of this year you will already have accomplished so much but you've got to get any final planning formalized get it on uh, ink on paper keep that with you and then just push it with prayer do some fasting would be really good to do some of that also as we're in the early phases of this year and watch what God's going to do for you. Okay, have a great day, a great week, and I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.